Real News. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is February 12th, 2020. Wow, and it's just Wednesday. Huh. Just Wednesday. I'm here Monday through Friday, 12 to 2, right, guys? Every Monday through Friday, and it feels like it's still Wednesday. Well, it is still Wednesday. I can't believe it. Like yesterday, I thought it was Wednesday. And even on Monday, I thought it was Wednesday. The week is not moving at all. I don't know if all of you noticed that now, but it's definitely not moving. So today, we have so much to talk about. And we're going to revisit a few things that we've been talking about for a while. I'm going to go back to 2018, where we were talking about General Flynn, my beloved general, and uh, Roger Stone. And we're going to have to revisit what I had said on the last day of January, what I had said in February about Jussie Smollett, or Juicy. (laughs) So today is pretty much a party day for all of us that have been following the news. Because a lot has happened. Uh, you know, the Roger, the Roger Stone case is bizarre in itself from the way it was executed, how they had sent all those people to his house as if, you know, he was armed to the teeth when he wasn't. And, you know, they kind of pounded on the door. We all know his wife is deaf, you know, and he's a guy like many of us, including myself, who they would love to cancel. You know, get the public to hate you because uh, you said something, you say things, or maybe they can pretend you said things or did things. And you see a lot of that going on around Roger Stone. And you know what upsets them most? When they can't. Because the more they attack you, the more people love you. Because we've realized now that the old saying is, well, if everybody doesn't like this one person and what this one person is saying reason, you know, uh, resonates reason, right? Then you scratch your head and think, well, hold on a second. What they're saying is reasonable. And they're coming out with crazy scenarios, talking about this person, saying things about this person. Mm, I think maybe I like the person they're attacking because you don't attack the people you don't fear. You attack those you fear the most always. And we see this. Now, if you guys remember, in January last year, I was talking about this anti-lynching bill. And I was like, geez, what are they worried about with the whole lynching bill? And we saw Kamala Harris reuniting with her nephew, Jesse Smollett. Uh, We had the Obamas involved through Tina Chen, right? We had Michael Avenatti involved. You know, it's not a coincidence that this happened now. The special prosecutor went on a boom because, hey, guys, we've got Michael Avenatti in jail. This guy will sell his mother to get out of there. Okay, he will sell his mother. So he's just flipped on all of them and Garagos and all of them. (laughs) And, you know, Obama's going to have really big problems if Avenatti's singing. You know, he might end up like Epstein, per se. And he knows that because what Nike did with Obama, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all the way back to the TPP. The funding, the money, the funneling. Ha, huh, we've got a lot. Don't forget, Nike campus actually flanks Netflix campus. Just want to say that in proximity, same city, 
same place. They're like literally down the road from each other in Oregon. So we got all this going on. We've got the Jussie Smollett coming out. Indictments going nuts. Everyone's like, yes, finally. And it's like, well, you know, he's a loser. Nobody cares. He was an abused child. Um, you know, he was vulnerable. He would sit there and say that he hates black people. Yet his father was a five foot four white Russian man. And it's so bizarre. Right? You just think uh, that you can't make this up. This is like reality. And so everyone's focus. Whoa, Kamala. Whoa, Cory Booker. Yeah, because they're all in on it. But the orchestrators is, is this. See, every PR, uh, every, every celebrity has a crisis PR person. Like for those of us that aren't like, you know, super celebrity status, like, you know, we don't go on shows like Empire and dance and, you know, we're not, I mean, it's not like he was that known, but you know what I mean? We have our own crisis PR people. Like for me, whenever I'm in a crisis, I've got like seven to eight people that I can call to, to chime in, to give me that advice. Right. And, you know, for celebrities, they pay people to make sure that they get the best advice. Um, uh, because, you know, the PR person gets paid if they get paid and they help them with the crisis. So here's where it gets a little bit funny. So I was talking last night and you guys know I love to talk politics right before I hit the pillow with um, Scott. And we were talking and I thought to myself, wait a minute. If I remember correctly, Don Lemonhead from CNN said that he got texts in the middle of the night. That doesn't sound right. So I thought I could use today to elaborate that with you guys. And we're going to do it in the second hour where we're going to have fun. But for the first hour, we're going to talk about the U.S. Attorney's Office in D.C. Remember we talked about it? We talked about it so many times. They said, this chick Jessica is so dumb. She is pissing her career away, prosecuting someone with manufactured evidence that she knows is manufactured, concealing evidence, doing these things, and she's in charge of it. So, you know, she had that whole Concord debacle, right? It was all hers, right? Like, oh no, you spent $30,000 on Facebook ads? That's like a drop in the Pacific Ocean for ads, on Facebook, like for real. Uh, but you know, apparently those $30,000, whatever, something so retarded, um, you know, helped uh, Hillary Clinton lose. <laughs> so dumb. I, I, I'm beginning to think that they have like schizophrenic paranoia about Russia uh, because uh, other than the fact that they're just lying and using Russia as a prop, you know, some of them actually deeply believe this and they need to be evaluated by professionals. So, Moving along on that, I wanted to talk about the U.S. attorneys, the hot mess that happened, and how, geez, weren't we on air yesterday where I was like, well, we're going to see the new impeachment run at President Trump, and didn't I say it's going to target the judiciary, the DOJ, they're going after that, I told you, but they were so impatient, they went rabid yesterday, because... It wasn't the resignations that was a big deal. That was all staged. They wanted to force the Department of Justice to respond. I mean, it's like someone saying she stole baby formula because she had no money to feed her baby. Give her 20 years in jail. And you're just like, wait, um, that's a little bit excessive. You know what I'm saying? You don't do that. That's not 
the right thing to do. You know, this is where, you know, your the Department of Justice would be like, what are you doing, prosecutor? Were you insane? You're handing out 20 year suggestions for that. Or like in the instance of Roger Stone, there shouldn't have been any charges because he didn't do anything wrong. But, you know, just like General Flynn, just like uh, so many people, they got caught up in it because that's what they like to do. They like to create these cases and they pick, you know, the information and then they throw you in there. Now, if they have enough or your link to the administration so close enough that they could put it in criminal court, they'll do it. Other than that, they'll just bury you in civil suits talking so much rubbish and you're just like, are you done yet? Like rolling your eyes. Are you done? Like you're not canceling me. And you're still going to jail, whoever you are trying to prosecute, because these attorneys now have no jobs. They will never be hired again going forward. And Jessica, well, when I saw what he did, you know what song came to mind? I'm going to play it because it is a really good one. And I think we need to like get a little bit up. This is a party, guys. And this, my listeners knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know he was going to do it in this way, which was so badass. It was really, really badass. I did not expect it. Now I see just, man, you know, this is something that I would expect Pompeo to put together. Um, But hey, my president's a genius.
Yeah, you got to be feeling good, you guys. They are literally imploding. This is a win for all of us because he has finally given back our nation to us. We're in control. We drive the narrative. They are no longer in control. And this is what upsets them the most. I mean, look at Hillary Clinton. Wow, she's really pushing it. And you know, the the Democrat Party wouldn't be in the place it is if, if she had done her job and won. But you know, she was the queen bee. She was the one that was like, I'm not going to go there, peasants. I'm not going to talk to them, peasants, you know. I mean, this is a woman that has gotten away with murder, selling our own state and federal assets, right? Uranium One, right? She went to Haiti to help them. Instead, she maimed their natural resources, was smuggling children across the border. You know, come on, man. Like, she was the biggest loser in the age of information. Now, she would have run 15 years ago. She might have won when when Barack ran. She might have won. But, you know, it wasn't her turn. Barack was supposed to be president, and that was it. So bottom line is, she doesn't get the crown yet, and she never will. Because in the age of information, ignorance is a choice, right? So those that are ignorant have the choice to be ignorant. You have access to all the information you may need to be able to see what's going on and how it's going on. And that's the thing. (laughs) So... And how are you going to know? How are you going to know what's real and what's not? Do your own homework or find a source that you find reliable because now everything's fake news. I mean, even Fox is fake news. Everybody is fake news. And if they're not fake news yet, they will be because they've infiltrated those that aren't fake news yet. That's the way they work. That is exactly how they work. That is how it happens. You know, um, before we get into the U.S. attorneys, I just wanted to say President Trump, New Hampshire caucus, right? The numbers were insane, insane, more than double what the incumbent like Obama had, more than double of what Bush had. Uh, You know, Bill Clinton is a rapist was the closest one that came to getting. I think he got like 70 something thousand. But President Trump got 120,000. That is a very, very big deal. That is a very huge number for an income. This won't be a landslide. It'll be like done. Uh, Like there is no other like it's going to be like no one's running against him. So now it's all about what clown are they going to put up against President Trump for the presidential debates? Right. And will those presidential debates, if he participates, because I wouldn't even participate, I'd be like, yo, I'll just take questions from the people. Skype me in. That would be the best because all they're going to do is, well, Russia, shut up about Russia. There was no Russia there. There was no there. If you want to talk Russia, let's talk Uranium One. Ukraine. Wait, there was no there was no there there with Ukraine. If you want to talk Ukraine, let's talk Pelosi, Biden, Romney, Chef. Right. We've got so many Bidens. Right. We've got we've got all of them. We've got them all. And the swamp is so deep. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, they're sitting there pandering. It's it's horrible. It's it's horrible. And remember, this is a guy who won the GOP nomination in 2016 after knocking out 17 candidates, all clowns. That includes Ted Cruz. Okay. 
I don't like Ted Cruz, but he's going with it. And he's hoping that he can get a stab at it in 2024, which is not going to happen. And that's what scares me, is that all these people that you knew are wearing human suits and they look itchy in them, right? They're all creeps. They're all clowns. They're all corrupt. They're starting to pander and pet your ears. Like I just found out my local GOP is bringing Ben Sass to talk. Like, oh my God, that's the best you got, Sass? I just want to go to troll Sass. Like he's not even a serious conservative. He's not. And by the by saying conservative, we're talking centrist, right? An obvious common sense <laughs> candidate, not one that um, you know, you know, goes with the wind kind of thing. That's not what we want. We want People that have common sense values that understand what the needs are of the American people want to deliver. Now let's um, shift gears because I want to talk about the states, uh, the U.S. attorney. So Jessica or a.k.a. Jesse Lou, she took office um, as a U.S. attorney for D.C. um, and she succeeded uh, Phillips. Now, President Trump nominated her in 2017. You have to wonder who suggested it. Uh, he nominated her in June of 2017, and then she was confirmed in September of 2017. And she was sworn in by Rod Rosenstein, of course. And on September 24th, she was officially the head, you know, ran the whole office of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, D.C. But, you know, you're going to be like, well, he nominated her. Yeah, he also nominated Drew Wrigley in North Dakota. He also nominated a bunch of other clowns. But that's what you do. You nominate these idiots in there because you know what they're going to do. You let them do what they think they're getting away with doing. And then you expose them or let them expose themselves. So she joined... And the first thing that she took on was the Flynn case. You know how she's prosecuting my general, General Flynn, with manufactured 302s trapped in box. Now, speaking of manufactured 302s, like if you were to say that 20 years ago, even the thought of manufacturing a 302 would find you sitting in a brick. If you erase something and didn't cross it out with a line, but you scrubbed it out, you would be in so much. Right now, we've got completely falsified, and, and I'm using air quotes here and you can't see them, evidence to lock people up. And then we have people saying, yeah, well, you know, it's documented. Documented by who? The people who made it? Man, I could start writing up stuff and be like, yep, that's all true. You know, that's like me going to my bank and saying, what do you mean I only have $400 in my savings? Look at my record. It says that I have $4 million. You're wrong. And they'll be like, no, it's right. And then I sue them and I charge them criminally because my record that I dropped said $4 million, even though, you know, I have no proof and their record doesn't count. You know, nothing. No. Uh, the phone call doesn't count. The transcripts don't count. Nothing counts. Just my writing on my ledger that it says $4 million is good enough. This is exactly what's happening. Mm. It's fun. Because I said this 2018. I said it again 2019. And I think we talked about her 
just about a week and a half ago, right? Where I was like, oh, this U.S. attorney is going to piss her career away and everybody else in her office. So here's what, and, and the reason we brought that up in December was because President Trump offered her a job. He said, hey, you're so good at what you do, like entrapping innocent people and, you know, doing all this, oh, Russia, Russia with Concord management. And, and you're just letting people bombard Roger Stone. You know, you're looking into indicting just average citizens that are talking, you know, and exposing the corruption. You're so good at doing all that stuff that I want to reward you with the job of undersecretary at the treasury department. And guess what you're going to be doing? You're going to be looking into all the financial stuff, like where's money going, who's doing it, you know, nuclear energy purchases, you know, all that stuff because I need you. And she's like, see, I'm like super good. Right. So he's going to have me there. I can watch what they know about uranium one. I could track some money and maybe entrap someone else and say, Ooh, look, they gave money here. And, We'll get him impeached. Don't worry. I got this. So cockily, <laughs> she very so nicely decided to step down from her position as U.S. attorney. She's like totally stepped down, right? And it became official when, you know, Bill Barr filled her place and said, hey, you step down. You're going to be undersecretary when they confirm you. I'm filling this post right now. So he just filled it. He filled it. So she's no longer U.S. attorney. So now the minute Barr fills it yesterday, right, these attorneys on Roger Stone's case gave the most craziest oh, nine years for not remembering if you sent an email asking, yo, does WikiLeaks have the goods? And you know what? Like I said before, and I have no problem saying it, just like I told Obama's attorney when he came at me, dude, I saw the DNC server before WikiLeaks had it. So the bottom line is he was just asking because that's opposition research. If you want to get your candidate elected, you will find everything there is to know about dirty political dealings, dirty money, dirty actions of their opponent. I mean, Lois Frankel has got a lot coming to her soon because, you know, my girl Laura's running and I got a lot of stuff there. And in my district, I got this chick named Fudge. I already got some stuff on her. So I'm just saying this is how it operates in the political sphere. It's, it's called opposition research. But instead, they want to give him nine years in jail. <laughs> For what? So they did this on purpose, though. They wanted to force the hand of the Department of Justice to jump in like I told you they would. Because the most corrupt part is what? The judicial. Because that judge, you know, her bench is trembling right now. She won't have a seat to sit in soon. So... Barr was like, what are you doing, you clowns? That's like excessive. So the DOJ gets in and they're like, oh my God, how dare you involve yourselves when we're totally applying the law equally across the board? We're going to totally resign. Yeah. And you're also fired. So that is how it happened. And uh, for, for the starts, this is how it happened. This was their plan. The U.S. attorneys had this plan. So now we look into, uh, you know, who did, the, who did these U.S. attorneys speak to in the House? I want to know. Did they have any meetings? I mean, did Zelensky have any meetings with someone from, I don't know, maybe a Democrat in the House? That's a question. I'll see you all in just a bit after this break, and we'll pick it up and continue to understand what really happened at the state's attorney's office in 
Washington, D.C. yesterday. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So uh, where were we before this break? So we were talking about the U.S. Attorney's Office, told you how Jesse got in office, gave you a summary of how she kind of stepped down. But now is where the fun comes in. Uh, You know, I want to say thank you to Josh, one of my listeners. Yep, I know. He had actually DM'd me on um, Twitter in December when I said, oh, you watched. This is not going to be good for her when she stepped down on a pass. And he was like, wait, do you know something? I was like, "Mm, I don't know, but everybody's getting fired. This impeachment was just getting started. You know, they like ushered it through, remember, and it was just around there. So I want to say hey to Josh, hey to Irene, who skipped the gym um, and is listening. Uh, She should have went to the gym and worked out for me, too. I think there's like, you know, a transference. Like if you work out and think of me, maybe it'll like penetrate. Um, We're all listening now because now we see that from the minute he got acquitted, so much has happened. He got acquitted. The next day at the breakfast, he's like, yo, they're not getting away with it. And then suddenly we have all these arrests and firings, you know, um, and he has the NSC purged uh, from his offices. They're going insane. The Democrats are literally slitting their rests. I mean, wait till everything comes out. I mean, we will have 72 hour holds popping like candy in DC. We will suddenly see, oh, Pelosi's sick. Maybe she'll get the coronavirus or something. Something bizarre because we won't be able to see her or have pictures. But, you know, the big one is SCOTUS gate. Okay? And that's going to be, you know, on the surface, exposed so you could see it on May 5th. Um, around, you know, May 1st to the 15th. Now, remember last year, my New Year's Eve episode, what did I tell you was the biggest plague that will be coming out in 2019 as like, uh, hey, this is what's happening? Right. I told you it was China. And China was the problem from an AI perspective. Did I not say that? Okay. And I told you that this is the main problem. But this year I told you what was the main problem? Right. The European Union, the socialism, the communism, we're seeing it happen. And what, what we're going to analyze now on how, like a boss, super genius, Trump was able to fire this woman and she can't say anything about it. So let's, let's take it back. These U.S. attorneys prosecuting, you know, as prosecutors, they're prosecuting Roger Stone for nothing. Okay. Like, the crime doesn't even, he should be getting a slap on the wrist. Oh, don't do that again and forget things when we hotbox you. Because, you know, if I put you in a box and I'm asking you questions, you're not going to forget anything. You're going to have the mind of, you know, a 10-year-old from five minutes ago. <sighs> Whatever. So they're prosecuting. Suddenly, they collude and they're like, all right, this is a new plan. We need to show that he's weaponizing his office to get back at us right? Because we tried to impeach him. The only way we could do it is by showing that he's using his office to to do favors for his friends. So if he's doing favors for his friends, he's going to be doing it for Rush and all these people because Rush is going to be coming into play. Remember, who did I say was going to take down the Muslim Brotherhood? It's going to be the Russians because the Russians have interest in Syria. Remember, we talked about this over a year and a half ago. 
And I was the one that told you that there was war down there, you know, way before the media will, because they're not going to tell you about that because they want you to focus on micromanagement and focus on what they want you to believe is true. Kind of like the Smollett. And we'll get into that so you can see how they mesmerize you. So, all right. So here we go. They're colluding and they're like, all right, what do we do? We're going to give like a crazy sentence you know, super crazy sentence. Like we're going to ask nine, 10 years. Maybe we should ask for life. No, that's too much. Should we ask for 10? No, let's keep it single digit. Cause all he did was forget, you know, and it's really, he wasn't even part of the campaign per se. Uh, and we'll just smear him. You know, we arrested him like we did with, like, they, they even had amphibians like, come on. The guy was in his pajamas. He was like, what's going on here? You know, with CNN pinched, pitched across the street because they just so happened to be in the neighborhood with a, with a chair and a tent to videotape it. But okay. So they're like, all right, let's do nine years, nine years. Good, good, good. All right. We'll do that. And we'll totally get a response from attorney general Barr. And they did. And we knew they were going to do it. Because when you're talking to people and colluding like this, we've got ears and eyes everywhere. I mean, after all, some of us travel into the future and already knew what you did in that timeline, in that reality. So we were just waiting for it. So you did it. Trap you thought was set. It was bait for us. We let it happen. So here we go. They're like, oh, how dare you get involved? I totally pull myself from the case. And all of them did. All of them did. The other two did because they're like, man, I was just assigned here. I don't want to be part of this. Like, I don't want this on my record. Like, I'm pulling out because I'm not prosecuting this guy with this recommendation. The judge, who was super vicious to Roger Stone, why are you on social media? Why are you talking? Well, why are you why don't you just mind your business and look at the law and look at it black and white rather than say, why is he talking on social media? He has the right to talk and to defend himself when there's cancel culture going around, smearing him and saying whatever they want. He has every right. And this is why Red State Talk Radio is going to put his pretty face all over Times Square because he did nothing wrong. He did absolutely nothing wrong. So here we are, those clowns resign. And, you know, we already have Jesse, you know, who's waiting to get into her new spot as undersecretary. Whoa, that's a big spot for someone the age of 44 that's cor- that, that has done such a great job doing corrupt things and framing a highly decorated general who was resigned for telling the Obama administration what they were doing wrong. Oh, well, his only crime is, is that he knows where the bodies are buried, per se, right? So here we are. Jesse's like anticipating. And when this happens, President Trump's like, you know what? Uh, yeah, Senate, you're going to be confirming her. Yeah, and you're going to, no, just, just, I pull my nomination. She's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, then I'm U.S. attorney. And Barr's like, nah, man, I already filled that position. You're good. We don't need your services anymore. Thanks. That's how she was fired. That's why it was so bad. It was so awesome. That is how she was removed. Now, I want to see what this new U.S. attorney is going to be doing in the case of Flynn. See, this is why the judge, right? Remember, corrupt judges. He told our general he committed treason. How dare he? He shouldn't even be on the bench just with that comment. That was such a Spartacus moment. Like, fake sword, fake death, fake virtue, period. Like, he should have been gone. 
I all these benches. Remember, I said three branches of government, right? Legislative, eject, uh, executive, and judicial. The judicial one is the most corrupt. Legislative, we know they're corrupt, but we can replace them if we put our own people in there. That's the thing. We get out and vote, and we make sure that only Americans are voting, right? And people that are registered to vote, and people that are allowed to vote. So. The judicial, though, how do you fix that? I mean, we've replaced all these federal judges, and they're really salty about that, remember? So that's, that's how it goes. But I want you guys to remember when the impeachment was going on. Remember how everyone was busy with the impeachment shenanigans? What was I airing on my show? Do you remember? I was airing Christopher Ray's testimony, right? Remember? I was like, while everyone's busy doing that, we need to focus on this. And I played those parts of Nadler fishing. You know, he had his fishing pole out. He was like, so tell me, Mr. FBI director, uh, President Trump, you know, if this impeachment, if he doesn't get impeached today and stuff, he's going to get back at us and get revenge. Are there any criminal investigations going on that are politically motivated? He's like, listen, we don't you know, comment on like ongoing criminal investigations, but we also don't do things uh, that are politically motivated. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. He says, so like, tell me like, you know, you have whistleblower things. So if someone wants to come forward from the FBI, you know, they're protected and stuff because what if they feel like it's politically motivated and it's not really a crime and that the FBI is just investigating because just because can they like, um, whistleblow and Christopher Ray gives him the dry one, the dry thing. Yeah. There's many ways they could whistleblow like this, like this, like that. He's like, yeah. So you like, you know, give them full anonymity if they come forward. And Ray was like, no, that's not how it works. But we just, make sure that they don't get retaliated by work for whistleblowing. So this was him setting the scene. Yo, anybody out there in the FBI want to throw us a bone? You can whistleblow because we know he's cooking something. We don't know what it is. But see, we've been cooking for the past decade. Let me not say two decades. There have been people across the United States lying in wait, waiting for the right time in the right place. Because, you know, when you got one bullet in the chamber, you better make sure it counts. And this was it. The Trump presidency was it. And the only way you could do that is if you have good foresight, good sources, and good intentions. See, we always talk about this intent thing, right? But we also talk about duty. And let's talk about these prosecutors. They have a duty to uphold the law and be fair and impartial, right? And work with facts. Have you seen the responses of what these clowns are saying? Like Hillary Clinton saying crazy things like, oh, he's involving himself, not letting, you know, uh, the justice to be done the way it's supposed to be done. It's like, wait a minute. Stop. Stop. What do you mean justice to be done? Where in the world does justice say that if you forget to talk about an email or, you know, cause you sent so many, like if somebody asked me how many emails I sent yesterday or how many I deleted or who I talked to guarantee you, I can't remember. I guarantee you. I can't remember. Imagine you putting me in a hot box a year and a half later. It's like, you're going to diagnose me with dementia. Because there's no way I'd remember unless it was significant. So when you're emailing and asking questions about things like Seth Rich, like if you were to ask me, hey, what was your code username in that, you know, chat room where you guys were sharing information about the DNC server, you know, that was obtained and shared? 
Tori, what was your, I, I won't even remember because it was a generated number. You know, that's how you maintain an anonymity. But the question is, you would ask me and I'd be like, I don't remember. But then you might find it, which you can't, by the way, because, you know, onion, back end internet, uh, what they call AKA darknet. But the, the, the bottom line is, say, for example, you come up with, oh, what? that was your username. How do you not know that username? I'd be like, yeah, I didn't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't confirm or deny it because you're just showing it to me and saying that's the way it is. And it's like, I'm not going to tell you it isn't and I'm not going to tell you it is because I don't know. Right? And that's exactly what he, he didn't know. He wasn't concealing it on purpose. And then when he realized he was concealing, he was like, yo, totally, you know, that he forgot. Totally. Oh my gosh. And it's like, oh, bad Roger, why are you having, you know, a human response to something? How dare you? You're supposed to be completely cut and dry and vicious. That's why we're coming with all these people to attack you and arrest you with amphibians while you're in your pajamas. Oh, my gosh. With no guns in your house. I I mean, I don't know if he has guns, but he's pretty fit, man. Roger Stone is pretty fit. And he's got like the fun socks. Like I always look at his feet because he's got the funniest socks on always. That's like his thing. So here we are. DOJ is now being brought to the forefront. They want to attack Barr. The guy, remember, you should read my article on Tory Says about William Barr. He's the one that sat there and chit-chatted with Noriega for Bush because everyone thinks Ronald Reagan was president. He totally wasn't. It was a Bush presidency. Ronald Reagan, after he was shot and survived, was simply a placeholder. He would still say what he wants, but he just wouldn't be able to do what he wanted. And so remember, Barr was Mina Mina, Mina Mina drugs, right? The Clinton cartel drugs, you know, Arkansas and Noriega and all that stuff. Man, you know, I really have to do a good long show on my trip to Panama back in the day. And how I spoke with someone that a lot of people would have been like, whoa, you talked to him? Totally did. And, the, you know, some papers that I found. And, you know, it was, it was a fun trip. I have to talk, but it's not the right time. Even though one of the law firms right now, you know, Finasca's in mm, the first case in the U.S. where they're forced to provide documentation, where they hide all these shell companies for these clowns is finally out. Mm, still not time yet. I promise one day I will tell you about Panama. So remember that was Bill. That was Bill Barr. He sat having drinks in Costa Rica with Noriega. He's the one that helped create the legislation to privatize prisons so that the Clintons can fill it up with young black people that she called super predators because they were all losers and peasants and they should be working and making money for people that own these prisons, right? That was Bill Barr, right? Bill Barr, whose dad was headmaster of the school that Jeffrey Epstein went to in New York and, you know, started doing shenanigans with kids. Just saying, you know, someone can come in. This could be a Godfather three moment of redemption, but I never put all my eggs in one basket, especially when I know it from a professional side. Just saying. Never put my eggs all in one basket. And I had Scott Adams. Oh, you said he was going to be out by July. Maybe not that July. But, you know, hey, that reality said so. And as I'm looking at it, it still says that he leaves in July. Which July? It keeps moving. But, you know, I was wrong on that. I'm not wrong on RGB. Um, RGB. Red, <laughs> red, green, and blue. 
<laughs> I keep doing that. So Ruth, you know, who's on ice right now, and she's like weekend at Bernie's type. Um, I don't think I'm wrong on that one. And I think there's a lot of people out there that agree with me. Like Ruth has been gone because, you know, she has all this seasonal cancer, super seasonal cancer, right? Every, what, August through October, she trips and falls and there's like some new cancer. This woman is more cancer than human being. Um, and this is how they make uh, excuses as to why she can't go for the annual photo that they do. You know, they do photos. I think it's like in September or October and that's the time that she gets sick. So she hasn't been in a photo for like three years. They have to Photoshop her in. Judicial system is one of the most corrupt ones. And this is what the president is working on now uh, because you can't fix healthcare. You can't fix uh, you know, prices, drug prices. You can't get rid of these insurance companies that are making money off of people. You can't fix Medicaid on a state level. You can't, you can't fix anything if your judges are corrupt, right? Just like this corrupt judge on the Roger Stone case. Like, n- no offense, like it takes a lot for me, but figure of speech, I would have slapped her. Like I was thinking, come on, man, you're supposed to be professional. You're supposed to be impartial. How is this impartial? I don't care how much you don't like someone, but when you're not impartial in court, you don't deserve to wear the robe or sit on that bench. At that point, you need to keep your eyes down on the facts, on the thing. The judge should have said nine years, like what the, she should have said it. Instead, she was like, I'll take it into consideration. Oh, no, you won't. Because two of them were fired, which brings me to my point. Publicly yesterday, at first instance, only one full firing or what they call resigned, right? Or he resigned. And, you know, that's the adult speak of your ass was fired. Um, That guy, one of them was made public. How is it that Hillary Clinton already knew that two were fired? From the DOJ. Well, what she said was they resigned. Right? How is it? How is it that she knew it in advance? That's what someone has to ask themselves. Who's leaking to Hillary Clinton to tell her what's up? Could we say that maybe that they colluded with her? Because she's like, two prosecutors have resigned from the DOJ to protest the administration's intervention to lighten the sentence on one of Trump's accomplices. Shut up. You should be in the brig. You sold our uranium. You stole money. She even stole the China from the White House and admits it and says, I did it by accident. And you know what I love? Uh, something I didn't know. I think it was Millie Weaver that told me. Do you know the gold curtains that President Trump has, right, in the White House that you see? Well, apparently Hillary Clinton had those made, but she never got to hang them up. And he hung them up. I'm like, yes. That's like so awesome. That's like the biggest troll. I love him. That's perfect. Um, Hillary Clinton also said that the Senate GOP block votes on three bills to secure our elections. You know what bills they're talking about? Remember when we were going through these bills in March that nobody was talking about? How they were like, oh, they're going to protect the elections where they were like going to make the FEC be politicized, where whatever party was in charge would nominate three people of their own to be on the Federal Electoral Commission. And then the other two would be from the other party, which would mean (laughs) that they would not be impartial. So the Democrats could keep keep stealing money from unions, right? And using it because they're so in debt. Remember that one? That one was quashed too. And, you know, not allowing immigrants, uh, immigrants that are legal and illegal here to vote too. That was quashed too. Now, the left is going so insane that they're like, oh my God, just to recap, 
Trump is acquitted. Trump used national prayer breakfast to promise vengeance. Trump starts firing witnesses career. Okay. Remember, these are witnesses that witness nothing because none of them said, I saw this with my own eyes. It's like I saw from my fifth cousin who was a janitor of the second cousin who was once there. Yeah, they said, or even Yovanovitch, you know, Mrs. Career foreign service officer who as ambassador in Armenia was paying for rent of an apartment in Georgia for ISIS. The one that was saying, oh, don't worry, uh, don't don't listen to Donald Trump. You don't have to do anything, he says. We're going to impeach him. Sit down. Like, wait a minute. You're representing our country and you're saying that about your president, who's your boss, and then you're upset you got fired? Man, come on. It's like you working for Bill Gates and saying, yeah, don't listen to what Bill says. He's, he's senile. We're going to get him, you know, chaptered out. He's going to get removed from everywhere. Just You think that, <laughs> that representative would survive? Come on, let's be honest. Like and 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 even Yovanovitch is witnessing is well. I heard in 2018 that they were like asking questions why we weren't letting people from the Justice Department in the Ukraine talk with people in the Justice Department in the U.S. and why we were not giving them visas. So I heard at a cocktail party from this other person that heard that they were poking around in 2018. Oh, you mean so the investigation into the Biden's Burisma and your wrongdoings? was in 2018, uh, you know, eight months. Well, no, it was mm, April. Uh, so four, three, set, six months before Biden even threw his hat in the race. But what he was doing about investigating Ukraine was to get back at Biden, who wasn't even challenging, okay? No one's challenging. The only person that could have even barely made a dent, you know, to, to like maybe like a little like blow by, right? To the tank called Trump administration would have been Yang if they would have backed him. But the thing is, they don't have insurance on him and he's Chinese. And now with all this China stuff coming out, they had to drop him. They're like, nope, because your first advertisements were on CNN, China and all over Chinese news. We can't have that Yang, e- even though his ideas, like I said, were great, but they were like super far in the future. Robots aren't taking over our jobs yet. So, you know, in 20 years from now, when that's happening, you know, those ideas can come back. Um, I don't know about the free money. I mean, I'm always up for free money, please. But, uh, you know, <laughs> not like that. So here we have the left completely insane saying, oh my God, he's totally weaponizing everything. CNN went on a party with it. Everybody went on a party with it. This is what he's doing. This is how he's doing it. And it's like, come on, man, wait till they see Obama get impeached. Yeah. Cause we can impeach him. And you know what I like is that I've been saying that since 2017, when our president was sworn in because of that meeting, could have been a fly on the wall, you know, with Lynch and all of them. Now, I know everyone's saying, um, you know, oh, that can't happen. Yes, he can retroactively be impeached. And I'm really glad the Judicial Watch says, tweets that every out, every now and then, tweets it out too, because that is the ultimate goal. This is how we can undo everything by impeaching him. This is how we can remove those executive orders that he placed that ruined our nation. This is how we could get rid of Obamacare if we impeach him easier. This is the plan. But anyway, that comes a little bit down the line. We're talking, you know, 24 months. So Obama will be impeached. SCOTUSgate will be huge. Like these people are going to be crying, slitting their wrists, flying out of the country, moving to Venezuela. I don't know where they're going because there is going to be nowhere to hide. They can't. 
everything is coming out. I mean, you know, now it's normal for people to say, yeah, we all know that there's a possibility, that, <laughs> very strong one, that Michelle isn't who she's, she, he says she is. You know, now it's n- normal mainstream. And a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, President Trump announced that the FBI has a task force, you know, for immigration out in Kenya and Obama sweating. Well, yeah, he's sweating because there was a lot of pay for immigration there. That's how Ilhan Omar came here. You know, how else do you get an Al Shabaab terrorist daughter, an Al Qaeda person to come to the United States as an adult posing as a child? You know, I broke that. I don't care what anybody says. I know her real name. I haven't revealed it per se, though in all my articles through Big League, through Lumerd, through Tori Says, I've made sure that you can see the pattern of what her real name is and you can Google her dad, her real dad. But now that they're there, everyone's like, oh my God, it's because he's from Kenya. Again, Barack Hussein Obama was not born in Kenya. He was born in Morocco. That's a fact. That is a fact. So after this break, we're going to go on Jussie Smollett or Juicy Smollett. Uh, we're going to play that clip by Chappelle, by the way. And we're going to analyze what is to come. I mean, this second impeachment wave is going to be the, the, the death blow to them. There's just going to be Republican Party and then the party of Bernie. So it'll be the Communist Party, right? I know it's illegal in our state. Real news. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So in this second hour, I'm just going to talk about really funny things that have crossed my feed. I want to thank everyone for your support, your emails. I also said that I was going to start the subscribe star because all of you keep emailing me and I do try to, you know, get back to every single one of you. Um, and I love the links you send me and the little tips. Totally love it. Um, and I am revamping the Tory says site, uh, but the subscribe star is going to be like exclusive, like stuff we don't talk about on air. Okay. And so I, I set it up yesterday and I put like a, uh, a 30 minute prelude to what I was going to talk about today, but there I'll have topics that you want to talk about you know, like Enron and Enron just came back to the picture with a breaking article from, uh, you know, Jim Hoft out at the gateway pundit about how Marina Maria Butina was set up and how, you know, they held information. And I'm really glad that Jim went this route. He said Mueller and Weissman withheld information in Enron related court cases in the early 2000s, which just so happened. Remember, it was in March last year that I reached out to Ohio and I was like, yo, hey, court case here with Enron. Like, um, can I have these files? And the minute I asked questions, guess what happened? They put a motion to finally expunge and close the case. It had been left hung open from the early 2000s and the minute Tori's like, Hey, yo, I'd like some requests for information. Suddenly there's movement in the case after being dead for over 10 years. 
Ah, because it's all going to come out. Wiseman, you're in a lot of trouble. But um, yeah, they thought that they could get away with it again. And and that's what's happening. On the other front, we have Superman, Dean Kane. You know, he kind of retweeted Ashley Judd's, you know, stating her support for Warren. And I'm like, dude, man, are these stars like retarded? They're going to lose all their fans. Like, why would you pay to go see Ashley Judd when she's promoting socialism? And then you have stupid Elizabeth Warren coming out and saying things like, oh my God, wait a minute, I'm going to find it because you guys have to hear it. Um, how she said it, how the student came up to her and said, oh my gosh, like I'm so broke, probably has a degree in like something like, uh, whoa, <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. Like, um, you know, gender sociology or some something like that. But I want you to listen to it. This is hilarious. Following. And okay. And you they, have a, you have. Before I start it, they said this with a straight face. Okay. Have a strong following. And clearly we have a bunch yeah. of contests in the next 30 days. After Super Tuesday, that there will be some kind of coalescing. Um, so that we don't end up in one of those protracted, bitter battles that go all the way to the convention. How are you feeling about that right now? You think that is a possibility? Sure, talked about that in in uh, uh, in my speech tonight because I am concerned. But you know, Claire, I tell you, there are so many people who are in this fight for all the right reasons. Uh, you know me. Uh, did the speech and then afterwards did a selfie line and we were there for over an hour and people are coming through and they're saying thank you and they're giving hugs and talking about what's important to them. And young woman came up by herself and she said, uh, I'm a broke college student with a lot of student loan debt. And she said, I checked and I have $6 in the bank. So... I just gave $3 to keep you in this fight. <laughs> That's what we gotta do. We gotta stay in this fight with people who are counting on us. This isn't about- Okay, so first of all, that student that gave her $3, no wonder she's broke. She doesn't know how to invest on the right horse, right? She doesn't know how to invest it wisely, and she probably got one of those gender studies degrees and then expects to get like an office job starting at 80000 a year or something. Um, this is this is exactly the problem. We have clowns like this out there, uh, you know, pandering, uh, you know, to the people that are not smart and to the people that want to depend on other people because they have forgotten how to be independent. That's the problem. Uh, you know, we're raising fluffy kids that don't have a backbone. I, I, my daughter yesterday, I picked her up from school and she was like, mom, you won't believe it. But they were telling me how conservatives and Republicans put kids in cages in class. And I'm like, oh, my God. She's like, I know. And I told the teacher, but those pictures, you know, that they were showing were from, like, before when Obama was president. And she couldn't find the right picture. And I was like, well, you could have just pointed to the articles. But, oh, well, it doesn't matter, Phoebe. She's like, Mom, they're really putting this out. This is the thing, you guys. They're, they're brainwashing our kids to think that, you know what they're pandering is true when it's not it's completely fake it's false they're just giving you a narrative and that's the thing not only do we have fake news where they're telling you one story which could be one one hundredth of the reality and then they're amplifying it because to tell a good lie you gotta have some truth in it right some of it but we also have cancel cu culture 
We have people attacking people, maiming them on a public stage, you know, harassing them and bullying them. And all this evil comes out from like, oh, yeah, let's talk about this. Let's do this. And I think it's more for me. It breaks my heart seeing it more happen to others than, you know, because I've got like super fans, right? I got so many haters. It's not even funny. I got haters that are in elected positions. Okay. So I got super haters. Uh it exhausts me though more seeing it on other people. Yeah, it takes a toll on me too sometimes when people say things. I'm like, well, that's not true. What do I do? I mean, at the end of the day, I count my friends on my two hands, right? And, you know, I'm Greek, so I have a lot of acquaintances. That's like a Greek thing, right? But the people that you actually take close to you that are your friends are your ride or dies, right? And that's what counts. And I think we've lost the ability to know who we are because we expect the public to tell us who we are. And so this cancel culture is kind of working. It's like, oh, look, I have like all these followers. And no, that's not what makes you you. It's like when you get up in the morning and you put your feet on the ground, are you ready to go? You know, are you happy with the direction you're going in? Are you ready to fight to get better? Um, That's how you know who you are. And when you are in the darkest places, do you have people that you will call that the first thing they say is, let's pray. I mean, I know it sounds cheesy. Oh, that's too religious. Well, for me, it works. And that's for me. You do you. That works for me. But I know me. And I can say that ever since kind of saying, you know what, through that, you know, that, um, veil of protection and said, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to be out there with my name. I'm okay with it. Rather than be that pen name, that random name that you see in big, you know, publications where they're publishing articles, but they're not real people. Uh, and I'm just going to come out and, and, and do my thing because I know who I am and, and that's it. I know that I'm the one that told you <laughs> that war is breaking out in the Eastern Med. I mean, you can't get any, like that should be, that should have been news two years ago and it's it's now coming to the forefront. And and the reason I say this is because Erdogan is really, really tight right now. He is under immense pressure in his own country. Uh, there are people that want to take him out faster than anything because they know what's coming. The EU has taken their claws out. They are coming hard. They are pushing hard. We have the UK going berserk and you know everyone's really proud of this brexit so am i because it means that the people finally feel like they achieved something but it's false because the crown has other plans remember it's the crown that created the european union right and if they're pulling out of something they created themselves you always know that they've got a plan b so that's reality and sometimes you know we can't say these things because people get upset um but that's the truth That was a win of a battle, but it's not the war. The war is still coming and it will be ongoing um, and hopefully through a golden age um, that other people can experience too. Now, before we head into the, the, the portion of Jesse Smollett and what we're going to see, because, you know, Michael Avenatti is key here and not a lot of people have made that connect. Uh, I wanted to focus on, um, what the president said yesterday during his presser. Um, He said some really interesting things uh, after the signing. Uh, He mentioned about going to India. He talked about um, 
uh, what happened uh, with Roger Stone. And we all saw how the press went nuts over that, right? We did. We saw that, right? It was pretty insane uh, that they're pushing the new hoax. Uh, and that's something that I want you guys to focus on. India is a really big deal right now with Kashmir. India is a very big deal in regards to what's going on with Pakistan as well. And now that China has been um, diffused, I would say, in a sense, uh, this is going to be a pretty big deal. This trip to India at the end of the month is going to be a very, very big deal. Um, and for all of you out there that have mainstream media running through the back, you know, they're really looking for the second big story for the Democrats. They don't have it. You know, they should be putting Adam Schiff's face on milk cartons right now because I want to know where Adam Schiff is. Just saying. So I want you guys to remember that. I think I'm going to get into more of uh, India tomorrow. Uh, only because I have some sources out um, in India. I had a friend of mine from Bangladesh come with, uh, come to me with some information. So I'll be able to deliver that to you. Uh, right now, we're 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 going to look at internal politics because this is where it's coming at. This is where we're going to have a lot of developments. And I know that everyone's saying that Peter Strzok and McCabe are going to be first arrested, but to be honest with you, it's got to be about Seth Rich. This is going to be huge. And I'm thinking Loretta Lynch and we've got Debbie Washerman Schultz. Uh, you know, the communications they had in regards to squashing the email investigation uh, into Hillary Clinton, that is what is going to come out. And this is coming from the Awan brothers. So this is where I think it's going to stem from is the quashing of the email investigations and um, the Awan brothers, what they had. Now, I want all of you <clears throat> to take a few minutes and revisit the full exclusive Jussie Smollett interview of his attack that he gave to ABC. And I want you guys to listen to how, um, how he painted the story, how upset he was. Everyone knew he was lying um, and think about it. Okay, that's, that's what I want to do. So we can ease into the Justice Malay. Because what I'm going to tell you and I'm going to demonstrate to you is that this was actually quite orchestrated on a higher level. Because like I said at the beginning of my first hour, I was talking with Scott Adams. I was like, you know, Don Lemon said something really weird that doesn't make sense with the timeline. This was actually prearranged. Uh, so that's how we're going to ease into it. So, But before we do that, I want you to listen to your president talk about Rod, Roger Stone and Tweedledum and Tweedledee that were fired along with another, I think it's like 104 people. Take a listen. Uh, Michael Bloomberg and Brad Parscale did as well over stop and frisk. Yet in 2016 and 2018, you praised Rudy Giuliani for the stop and frisk program. So what's different about what Bloomberg said from what you believe the program Well, I'll tell you what, I looked at it and I watched him pander at a church and practically beg for forgiveness. I wouldn't have begged for forgiveness. I mean, he was doing his job at the time. And then he, when he went up to the church, uh, I thought it was disgraceful. Uh, but I put something out and it was so, it was pretty nasty. And I thought, you know, I'm looking to bring the country together, not divide the country further. But uh, when he went up to a church and he apologized for everything he's ever done, that was only for getting votes. And I think probably people understand that. 
Yeah, please. Mr. President, you are traveling to India later this month. I am. Can you tell us something about Prime Minister Modi? And it's going to be very, I don't know who's going, but it's, he said we will have millions and millions of people. My only problem is, so last night we probably had 40 or 50,000 people, far more than anyone else. But when we have 50,000 people nowadays, yeah. fellas, I'm not going to feel so good because he thinks we'll have five to seven million people just from the airport to the, uh, to the new stadium. And you know, it's the largest stadium in the world. He's building it now. It's almost complete. And it's the largest in the world. And he's a friend of mine. He's a great gentleman. And I look forward to going to India. So we'll be going at the end of the month. Do you plan to sign a trade deal with the Indians when uh, you travel? We'll do something and we'll see if we can make the right deal. We'll do it. Mr. President, do, do you know who Anonymous is? I don't want to say, uh, but you'd be surprised. Would you be surprised? But I don't want to say. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the recent departures from the White House, including the Vindman twins and, no, and, and, and pending departures? I obviously wasn't happy with the job he did. First of all, he reported a false call that wasn't what was said on the call. What was said on the call was totally appropriate, and I call it a perfect call. I always will call it a perfect call. Uh, and it wasn't one call. It was two calls. There were two perfect calls. Uh, there was no setup. There was no anything. And he reported it totally differently. And then they all went wild when I said that we have transcripts of the calls, and they turned out to be totally accurate transcripts. And if anybody felt there was any changes, we let them make it because it didn't matter. Uh, so we had accurate, totally accurate transcripts, and it turned out that what he reported was very different. And also, when you look at Vindman's, uh, the person he reports to, said horrible things, avoided the chain of command, leaked. Uh, did a lot of bad things, and so we sent him on his way to a much different location, and uh, the military can handle him any way they want. Uh, General Milley has him now. I congratulate General Milley. Uh, he can have him, uh, but uh, and his brother also. So we'll, we'll find out what happened. I mean, we'll find out. But he reported uh, very inaccurate things. You understand that, John. When you look at his report and then when you look at what actually the exact words Fortunately, I had the words, because otherwise we would have had a lot of people lying, and uh, we were able to do it. So fortunately, we had transcripts of those calls. I think you guys all agree with that, right? Yes. Wasn't it nice? After they said these horrible things and made up these horrible, horrible lies about what was said in the call, and then I said, here's the call. I had a transcript. If I didn't have a transcript, it would have been my word against their word. But there were other people on that call, too. Many people on that call. Mike Pompeo. And I know that when I speak to the head of state of countries, presidents, prime ministers, etc., there are always a lot of people on those calls, especially from the other countries, I imagine. I don't know that for a fact, but I know for a fact that we have a lot of people on those calls. Who would say something wrong? I wouldn't say it wrong anyway, but who would say wrong when you have, when a call is loaded up with, you know, sometimes as many as 25 people, sometimes as, as many as three or four or two, but there's always people on those calls. I, I fully know that. Uh, but that was a perfect call, and it wasn't reported the way it was reported, like, oh, it was so terrible. That was a very nice call. That was a very friendly call. Uh, a couple of things. The president, as you know, of, of Ukraine stated very strongly that there was no pressure. There was no anything. There was nothing wrong. And uh, it was really a very sad state of affairs that our country was. It was a very sad state of affairs. You know, the state of affairs where we have them lying and saying that things were happening when they weren't, things were said. And, you know, that's the best way you catch them. They pull their own pants down because they're lying, lying, lying. And you let them. It's kind of like someone saying, yeah, you totally did this, blah, blah. And you have the video where it's like, oh, yeah, so that's not what happened. Uh, it's... Uh, 
it, it's false. Here's the evidence. And that's what he did because they didn't expect him to release the transcript. They didn't expect him. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, in addition, he also spoke about uh, Roger Stone, and I'm trying to get that portion of it so we can speed right through. I'm not going to have any commercials, and it doesn't want to work for me. It's just not being my friend today. But he did speak about Roger Stone. I mean, he tweeted about it anyway, um, which is true, which is every, uh, you know, that two months in jail for a swamp creature, yet nine years recommended for Roger Stone, who wasn't even working for the Trump campaign. Sounds very fair, right? Super fair. And he also said, you know, in regards to Roger Stone, that this is prosecutorial misconduct. It is. When you abuse your position as a prosecutor... To put a penalty on someone that you know is wrong, you should expect to lose your job because that is the least that can happen to you. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's let's remind ourselves. Here we go. The original ABC interview <laughs> with Robin Roberts. Oh, my gosh. I can't stand her. She's like a reptile. And you're going to listen to Jesse Smollett cry and tell you just how devastated he is about what happened. We need to revisit this. And I'll make sure we'll blow through commercials. No commercials. We'll just go straight through to the end. Take a listen. I'm Robin Roberts in New York. Musician and actor Jesse Smollett sat down with me for his first interview since that night in Chicago. Smollett told me how he's doing now and responds to those who doubt his account. I'm pissed off. What is it that has you so angry? Is it the the attackers? It's the is attackers, it? but it's also the attacks. It's like, you know, at first it was a thing of like, listen, if I tell the truth, then that's it, because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Then it became a thing of like, oh, how can you doubt that? Like, how do you, how do you not believe that? It's the truth. And then it became a thing of like, oh, it's not necessarily that you don't believe that this is the truth. You don't even want to see the truth. What happened that night, Jesse? When I landed in Chicago and Frank Gatson, who's like my uncle, and he's also my creative director, and he picked me up. And then we got back to the apartment. There was no food. And so I went out to Walgreens thinking that they were 24 hours and to have a smoke. (laughs) Uh, Walgreens was closed. So I called him up and I said, hey, I'm going to run to Subway, which was across the street, and I'm going to get a salad. Do you want anything? I went to the Subway and got the order. During that time, I texted my manager, thinking that he was still in Australia because he was on an Australian tour with one of his other clients. Mm -hmm. And I said, yo, call me when you can. He called me immediately. And while he was on the phone, I uh, heard, as I was crossing the intersection, I heard Empire. And I don't answer to Empire. (laughs) (laughs) My name ain't Empire. Uh, And I didn't answer. I kept walking and then I heard Empire. So I turned around and I said, did you just say to me? And I see the uh, attacker uh, masked. And he said, this MAGA country punches me right in the face. So I punched his ass back. And then um, we started tussling. You know, it was very icy and we ended up tussling by the stairs, uh, fighting, fighting, fighting. There was a second person involved who was kicking me in my back and uh, then it just stopped. 
and they ran off and I saw where they ran and the phone was in my pocket but it had fallen out and it was sitting there and my manager was still on the phone. So I picked up the phone and I said, Brandon, and he's like, what's going on? And I said, I was just jumped. And I, then I looked down and I see that there's a rope around my neck, which I hadn't You hadn't noticed that, it before? No, you didn't because speak? it was so fast. You know what I'm saying? It was so fast. How long did this all It felt take like minutes, but it probably was like 30 seconds, honestly. I can't tell you, honestly. Um, I noticed the rope around my neck and I started screaming. And I said, there's a rope around my neck. Did you get any kind of description of the attack? I gave a body description and I, you know, because I saw this, but, and you know, right here or whatever, but I didn't see, I can't tell you what color their eyes were. I can't tell you. And I did not see anything except the second person I saw running away. And the first person, yeah, I saw, saw his stature. I gave the description as best as I could. You have to understand also that it's Chicago in winter people can wear ski masks and nobody's going to question that the police have gone through a lot of video and they were able to capture an image of two people of interest have you seen that image mm -hmm. and do you believe that they could possibly be the attackers i do what is it about their their size or what why do you feel that they could possibly be because i was there for me when that was released i was like okay, we're getting somewhere. I don't have any doubt in my mind that that's them. Never did. Why did you hesitate to want to call the police? You know, there's a level of pride there. We live in a society where, as a gay man, you are considered somehow to be weak. And I'm not weak. I am not weak. And we, are, as a people, are not weak. So I, mean, I can accept that there was pride there. There's also privacy, you know, at the end of the day, look what has happened, you know, look what has happened. So I don't, I'm glad that Frank called the police. I'm glad that we reported it um, during that time before they came, it took them about maybe half hour to come. And during that time. Okay, so I, I'm pausing it right here. So first of all, they tussled on the ice. <laughs> He and his buddies, his dancer, Nigerian buddies. You know what? He's the first guy to scam Nigerians, I think, in the United States. That's pretty awesome, right? First guy to scam Nigerians rather than the other way around. But the thing is, he shed a tear. You know, this is a guy that there's written record of him saying that he hates white people, even though his father is a five foot four Russian. Here he is saying, you know, this happened around 2, 2.30. He just so happened to like, you know, text his manager, you know, get with me real quick, happens to have him on the phone. Manager was swayed into this. You know, he didn't know anything because that's how you keep it simple, right? So he kept the phone on all that time. Oh, oh my gosh. Ouch. Ooh, I have a, a, a noose around my neck, which is something that I would say if, if that actually happened and I had a noose and I didn't realize it, I'd be like, yo, there's like a noose on my head, you know? Oh, and they threw bleach like, you know, because during a tussle, you don't really pay attention. So people saying, oh, he said that out loud. You know, that's a, that's a real response but he was really good 
in trying to put the story together to convince. But see, the problem is, is that even, uh, you know, average people would say that doesn't sound right. Uh, it's not right. Um, there's no way that happened because there were a lot of holes in the story. For me, if you remembered, I had said, we're just waiting now. Right. We're waiting now to see what false flag event they're going to put together in order to pass this anti lynching bill. I said it before. Just I think it was like two days before Jesse Smollett had this. And when he and when this happened, I said something stinks because what um, Don Lemon was reporting wasn't right. What he was saying wasn't right. And I think I had my aha moment because. Remember, Jesse, Jesse w- was in um, Chicago, which is Central Standard Time. And uh, John, Don Lemon said something else completely. He was talking about the middle of the night, not the wee hours of the morning, which makes you think, I believe that, um, you know, uh, this it was actually staged and Don Lemon played a very huge role. Um, but in light of that, I want us to laugh a little bit and play that clip from the Chappelle from Chappelle, where he was talking about Jesse Smollett. I think all of us will enjoy listening to this. And those of you that are driving and listening, uh, you know, try not to laugh too hard because this is really good. Afraid of being attacked happens to the best. Ones. Don't ever forget what happened to that French actor. You know what I'm talking about? Juicy Smouillet is a very French very famous French actor. Y'all never heard of Juicy Smouillet? Juicy Smouillet is an actor from France. And, And he became famous on a show called Empire. One night, he was in Chicago late at night and was the victim. (laughs) He was the victim of a, a racist and homophobic attack. You see, Juicy Smouillet is gay and he is black, not just French. (laughs) Oh, it was a crazy story. Apparently, when he was walking down the street late at night, two white men came out of the shadows uh, with MAGA hats on, beat him up, tied a rope around his neck, called him all kinds of niggas and, and put some bleach on him and ran off into the night. This shit was like international news. And everybody was furious, especially in Hollywood. It's all over everybody's Twitter feed and Instagram page. Justice for Juicy and all this shit. <laughs> the whole country was up in arms. He was talking about it all the time on the news. And, and for some reason, uh, African Americans, we were like oddly quiet. We were so quiet about this shit that the gay community started accusing African-American community of being homophobic for not supporting him. 
What they didn't understand is that we were supporting him with our silence. <laughs> because we understood that this nigga was clearly lying. None of these details added up at all. He said he's walking down the street in Chicago and, and uh, white dudes come up to him and say, hey man, aren't you that faggot nigger from Empire? The uh, uh, fuck? Does that sound like how white people talk? I know white people. They don't talk like that. Are you that faggot nigger from Empire? They would never say that. It sounds like something that I would say. If you're racist and homophobic, you're not even gonna know who this nigga is. You can't watch Empire. <laughs> Black people never feel sorry for the police, but this time we even felt sorry for the police. Can you imagine if you was a police veteran taking this kid's police report? Okay, Mr. Smoulier, please tell me what happened. All right, you're 2 a.m. You left the house at 2 a.m. It's minus 16 degrees. You were walking. You were walking. All right. And and where were you going? Subway. Sandwiches? That's when the men approach you? Did you see them? Do you have any... Okay, what do they have on? MAGA hats! MAGA hats on in Chicago? Excuse me one second, Mr. Smooth. Yeah. Frank, come here for a second. Find out where Kanye West was last night. Okay, so that is the, the rundown of how ridiculous the story was. And I did shows in February and March talking about it, right? Talking about the Avenatti hit, talking about, you know, how Tina Chen, the Obamas were involved, you know, that corrupt prosecutor, everything. And now I want you to, and I had, remember something was off about Don Lemon. I said how he amplified it and how he made this an international story. So I want you to hear it from his own words, um, you know, what he actually said. Because what he actually said tells you how he was implicated. That's the thing. It was so bizarre that this wasn't picked up. Remember the timeline. It was like 2, 2.30. He wants to go to Walgreens to smoke cigarettes. They're closed. He goes to Subway to get a sandwich. And then this happens, right? And he just so happens to call his agent and tell him, hey, uh, call me back. So he calls him back and the phone's left open and this happens. Now, the tussle happens. They said that they saw him walking into the building with the noose around his head, if you remember from the video, just before 3 a.m. That's Central Standard Time. That's 4 a.m., right? Eastern Time, 
right? And then, um, you know, the manager called the police. He goes to the hospital to assess injuries with this, um, with his friend or manager. So this is where it gets weird. Um, so let's say he gets in, get, goes to the hospital, give it another half hour. That means it's like 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m. when they get to the hospital. And here's what Don Lemon had to say. Listen. This is what we know. It was the early morning hours of January 29th. Smollett had just gotten back to Chicago, posting on Instagram that he had just spent seven hours on a plane for a flight that was supposed to take only two hours. He told the police that as he was walking back from a sandwich shop, the subway sandwich shop, that two men attacked him, putting a rope around his neck and, quote, yelling out racial and homophobic slurs and pouring an unknown chemical substance on him. This was all in the Streeterville neighborhood where he had been staying. I know that neighborhood very well. I worked there for three years at the NBC Tower in Streeterville. So I know it very, very, very well. And probably because he's visiting his friend, Jesse. In a supplemental interview with authorities, Smollett confirmed... What he had already been, what had already been reported in the media, claiming that one of the attackers also shouted, this is MAGA country. In those early morning hours of the 29th, Smollett took himself to Northwestern Memorial Hospital with a friend. And as you may know, Jesse is gay. And since 2015, he has played a gay character, Jamal Lyons, on Empire. So it's a little bit personal for me, and I'll tell you why, because... Okay, this is where he slips up. Listen. That's when I met him. I was asked to come on the show, play myself in a little cameo. I got, he, said, he introduced himself and he said, I, I'm a big fan. I, you know, I love your work. It's good to have you here on the set. Very nice guy. We chatted for a couple times after that. I saw him maybe when he came to New York a couple times. I mean, you know, he tapped that, right? I know him. Not best friends, but I do know him. So I spoke to him while he was at the hospital. His friend who was there texted me in the middle of the night and said, hey. Wait a minute. His friend that was there texted me in the middle of the night. Uh, but he texted you like around 5 a.m. in the morning. How is that the middle of the night? This happened to Jesse. I called a friend. The friend happened to be there. And he, Jesse, he said, oh, Jesse's here. Here's the phone. So he told me in his... So the friend text him in the middle of the night even though this happened as he said himself in the early hours of the morning and the friend happened to be there at the hospital and his own words what he said happened but I've also got to tell you to be quite honest that a lot of people okay so let's stop it there that's where I'm going with this see no matter how many times, you know, some, when you practice scenarios, because this, this I've learned in, in, in training too, that when you try to um, orchestrate a PSYOP or an operation that you want to execute, if you practice it too many times, that is how you mess up. Because if you're good at what you do, and Don Lemon is great at shoveling fake news, he's great at creating stories, he's great at amplifying the message, he's great at covering up, you know, his sexual harassment in Long Island, in the Hamptons, right? Uh, you know, he's great at doing all that. 
He practiced this too much because there were a lot of people involved. Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, the, the, the Obamas, prosecutors. And they're, they're so dumb that they tapped Avenatti. They tapped him. And that was the problem. But the big problem is this, this confession by Don. What do you mean in the middle of the night? It was in the morning when he was in the hospital. So how was it in the middle of the night? This tells you that this was practiced. This tells you how it panned out. Maybe the plan was that he wasn't supposed to be on the plane that long. Maybe it was supposed to be at night and not at 2 a.m. Maybe, maybe, but he slipped up. I'm saying that's a slip up, you know, Oh, maybe he made a mistake. I don't know, man, because people that do news, even me, and I'm an investigative journalist, and I don't work for clowns like CNN, and I'm not as vain as, you know, Donnie is, right? I'm not like him, but I would assume that he, he's up and perky at about 5.30 a.m., ready to go for his run so he can keep his bod fit so his white husband loves him more. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing with myself. He just got caught saying something that was completely wrong because previous to that, whatever he was reading off the screen, um, you know, was written by a writer, whereas his, oh, this is personal to me. That part was written by him. So he messed up because he said early hours of the morning, because remember, it was central standard time when it happened. So everything was an hour ahead. So you would assume at the earliest, at the earliest, he was contacted around 4.30 a.m. his time at the early, well, 4.30, yeah, 4.30 a.m. his time. And remember, he had all those Good Morning uh, America shows, the the morning shows, the Joe shows. He had those Vanity Fair where he was tearing and he was like, I feel so hurt. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> and he got busted. Because you know why he got busted? Because they were angry. They were angry at him wasting their time. Here's Don Lemon trying to save himself after that speech. I hope he's telling the truth because I'm not convinced. Okay. So let me say something about this. Someone who sits here every single night and tries to get interviews with people who are involved in the news. Oftentimes when people go, they go into crisis PR management. They call a crisis PR person. That crisis PR person will tell them, do a morning show. They've got a lot of viewers. Whatever, throw yourself on the mercy of the court. This is not 1997. It's not even 2006. It's not even 20. That no longer works. This is, and in this particular case, this is not an entertainment story. This has become a political story because of the whole MAGA part. And you know where that is played out and lived daily? In cable news and on social media. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to take your fight, you need to take it to the pit, to where it's happening. It's not happening on morning shows. That's right. They talk about the news for a few minutes. I'm, this, no, nothing against morning shows. I love all my colleagues there. I think they do a great job. But that's not where it is now, especially when it comes too, to this. <laughs> but, 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 what, but what I'm saying is that doesn't work. Come on a show like this, or any of my other colleagues, and sit down with us live for an hour or however long it takes, answer the questions that need to be answered from real journalists. I shouldn't say that. From journalists who don't have to worry about the entertainment arm of their particular well, company. I, well, the, the real... 
real journalist? Does he consider himself real? He's not a journalist. He's an actor. He reads off a script. He's got his little computer and his paperwork. He's told what to say. Come on, man. Let's move it along. Now let's, you know, go to January 31st, how concerned the Today Show was about Jussie or Juicy Smoulier, the French actor. (laughs) Just take a listen to this. One of the stars of the hit show Empire is still recovering from that alleged attack. Overnight, police providing us with the first look at two people who may have more information about what happened. This morning, Chicago police are asking the public's help in identifying the two people of interest seen here. The duo, captured on surveillance video, is wanted for questioning in an alleged attack on actor Jesse Smollett, who stars on the hit TV show Empire. Well, for now, I'm going to protect you. Even from the monsters? Yeah, especially from the monsters. Police saying on Twitter, while video does not capture an encounter, detectives are taking this development seriously and wish to question individuals as more cameras are being reviewed. Police say they have poured over hundreds of hours of video so far. Authorities say Smollett told them two men wearing ski masks assaulted him near his downtown apartment building early Tuesday, placed a thin rope around his neck and poured a substance on him. Authorities say the actor was still wearing the rope and shirt when officers arrived at his apartment. What was uh, done here, alleged done here, as the police are working on this, has no place in the city of Chicago. A Chicago PD official tells NBC News there is surveillance video of Smollett at a Subway restaurant where he told them he'd gone before the alleged assault. Police also say they advised Smollett to seek medical treatment for his injuries, which he apparently did. Chicago police revealed they sent this troubling letter to the FBI. It was addressed to the star, contains ethnic and homophobic slurs, and was delivered last week to the studio where Empire is produced. Now... That was important. So prior to this attack, he got uh, a, a, a letter that was looked like it was written by a child with like alphabet cut out serial killer letters uh, giving him homophobic slurs and it had MAGA all over it and stuff like that that came to the studio. So suppose you see how this was set up. Do you see it? And I'm telling you. Don Lemon knew about it. He had it all ready to plug it in. That is how it went. Well wishes for Smollett continue to pour in on social media from celebrities like John Legend and Ariana Grande to... Right. <laughs> celebrities. These are clown. John Legend, John Legend and his, you know, pedo light wife, uh, you know... I don't even want to say her name because she irritates me. And she made me not like Blue Apron because they promoted her. So let's leave her out. I don't like talking to her. 50 Cent came out. Ariana Grande, Terry Crews, all of them. To former Vice President Joe Biden. His Empire co-star, Taraji P. Henson, also sending her support, tweeting, I wish what happened to my baby was just one bad joke, but it wasn't. And we all feel his pain right now. Jesse Smollett is pure love to the bone. Empire's production has been halted because of of the bitterly cold weather here in Chicago. Is he, though? Is he that, you know, pure to the bone? Not really. Because he made this an international story, you guys. Let me tell you what Joe Biden tweeted out. Are you ready? What happened today to Justice Malay must never be tolerated in this country. We must stand up and demand that we no longer give this hate safe harbor that homophobia and racism have no place in our streets or in our hearts. We are with you, Jesse. Yeah, you're going to be with them soon enough. All of you can be wearing the same outfits and you can all be 
hanging out together closer than you would like. Now, yesterday, uh, Fox News reported on the prosecutors indicting Jesse Smollett on six felony counts. His original was 16 counts, remember? Take a listen to what Fox said. Seems like you've seen this movie before. Former Empire star Jesse Smollett finding himself in almost the same legal jam he was just one year ago after a special prosecutor indicts him on multiple counts of disorderly conduct for allegedly claiming falsely that he was a victim of a hate crime. Our correspondent Jeff Paul is live in Chicago with the new developments. Good morning, Jeff. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, this is where it all started, right here along this Chicago street where actor Jesse Smollett claims he was assaulted. Now, more than a year later, Smollett faces new charges for an attack that police believe he staged. This second indictment comes after a judge appointed a special prosecutor to reinvestigate the case. Cook County State's attorney Kim Fox's office initially dropped the charges back in March, despite police saying, they had a strong case. Uh, at the time, little explanation was given, and that angered local officials like then-Mayor Rahm Emanuel and then-Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson. Do I think justice was served? No. Where do I think justice is? I think this city is still old an apology. They chose to hide behind secrecy and broker a deal to circumvent the judicial system. Smollett was originally facing a 16-count felony indictment before the case was dropped and never had to claim any responsibility. He did end up paying $10,000 in bail and agreed to forfeit that money after the initial charges were dropped. But Smollett has maintained his innocence throughout the entire process. I've been truthful and consistent on every single level since day one. This has been an incredibly difficult time, honestly one of the worst of my entire life. Now, State's Attorney Kim Fox, who uh, is up for re-election in about a month, questioned the timing of this all. Her team put out a statement about that. Meanwhile, Smollett is due in court February 24th. Ed, Sandra? Jeff Paul, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. For more on all this, let's bring in Ted Williams, former D.C. police detective, now a defense attorney and a Fox News contributor. We all remember that statement from Smollett in March of 2019 like it was yesterday. What do you think of these new charges, Ted? Well, you know, Ed and Sandra, um, you're right. We can go back to last year when this first took place. And I was I felt at that time it was rather suspect that a, a two-bit act, as I would define him, in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. in the morning is attacked by Trump supporters saying, make America great again. Uh, it found out that there were two brothers, the Austin Sorrow brothers, two Nigerian brothers, who apparently are saying that Jesse Swalette hired them to beat him up and uh, to put a noose around his neck. And I can tell you it, from everything that I've seen here, these are some strong charges bought by a, a special prosecutor, Dan Webb, there in Chicago. Yeah, and Ted, uh, they're pushing back, but you're right. The facts of the case seem pretty clear, at least at the outset. Uh, but uh, Smollett's lawyer, in fairness, says the indictment raises serious questions about the integrity of the investigation that led to the renewed charges against Mr. Smollett, not the least of which is the use of the same Chicago police detectives who were part of the original investigation into the attack to conduct the current investigation despite Mr. Smollett's pending civil claims against the city of Chicago and the officers for malicious prosecution. 
Houston. They had also sought money from him, as you remember, for sort of wasting investigators' time in all of this. Uh, what do you think is the next step? Well, I think the next step in this is the criminal prosecution will go forward. There is, as you've said, Ed, a civil case where uh, law enforcement had used a lot of their men and women power to try to find out about uh, to investigate this incident. And they are asking Swalette to pay $130,000 back. Uh, I think that that uh, yeah. civil case will also go forward. Uh, this is a made-for-Hollywood uh, uh, movie, Ed and Sandra. It is. That's what it is. This is all orchestrated. It's all an illusion. They're playing us daily. And, you know, again, I say it. Uh, yes, they lie to us all the time. Yes, they have stripped us of our rights. And we have voluntarily forfeited them. Voluntarily, uh, voluntarily out of fear, okay, out of fear. But what you need to understand, their main concern is your vote. They can't cheat anymore. President Trump has removed their ability to cheat the system. I mean, New Hampshire, they didn't use the app that Pete paid for, and there's Bernie. I'm just saying, this is how they, they work. They have been stealing our vote, and we've been thinking that we've been voting. When we haven't, we haven't voted in decades since JFK. There has been no vote. And now again, I say it in the age of information. Ignorance is a choice. And when I hear people saying, well, what can we do? We can't do anything about it. you can do a lot by speaking because you're the news. You drive the narrative. We have a president that gave us back our country. Take it. Take it. That's all you have to do is just take it. Now, we're going to see some things transpire this week that are going to be laying the foundation for next week. Laying the foundation for next week. Because what is to come is insane. You know, it'll be, you know, like I've said it before, the truth, you can't tell people the truth, especially without giving it to them in installments. Because when you shatter someone's reality, it's all gone. You know, they lose their mind completely. And it's, and it's normal. My reality was shattered. My life changed. I, I lost my mind. I couldn't think. I was constantly confused. I mean, what happens when people figure out who controls the media? What happens when you realize that they're the ones driving the narrative of ideologies? What happens when there's actually nothing that you see on your TV without hurting you where they want to go? You know that facts are now fiction. Fiction is now fact. We have cancel culture. We have dogpiling. We have public humiliation. We have really evil people or evil coming out of people. How is the average guy, average gal able, right, to constantly be under immense stress, under debt, freaking out, and then still have the time to research and look. Like I said, just be careful. Listen to your heart. Listen to your ears. I mean, you still have common sense. Do you need a big brand name to be able to follow them? Do you need to not follow where the herd is going, but follow where you think you should be going? This is what they're doing. They're amplifying to be louder.
Because you're not allowed to be free. Uh, what? You can think freely? How dare you? Do you not know who we are? That is exactly it. Because Don Lemon even said real journalist. Well, Don, you're not a journalist. And after the 2016 election, you showed your true face. Sowing division, making us weaker. Because we are weak when we are apart. So what you need to see is common sense. That's all we need. What happened to good old common sense? This is what threatens our livelihood and our existence as a free nation. The inability to have free thought and the inability to have valid information. I'll see you all tomorrow.